Welcome to War Games. We will get you ready for your next sales opportunity. Are you looking to win the sales battle? You have joined the right team. Here on the War Games Group, we take the strategies and mindsets from the most successful salespeople and share it with you. With our help, you won't have to fail your way to the top. When it comes to crossing the minefield of sales, step in the footprints of those that crossed before you. Prepare yourself for boot camp and beyond. It's time for War Games to begin. Shall we play a game? Welcome, War Gamers. Really quick, before I get to our special guest, I'm going to tell I'm going to play a little video because one of these videos is the reason I said I have to reach out to Rain and get him onto War Games. So everyone, take a watch on this. All right, here is a super simple six second story prompt that you can use for social media. Now, a lot of people will say, why six seconds? Or how do you even tell a story in six seconds? Or that's not even possible. Now, I actually wrote a book about it. And the reason why is we know storytelling is the most effective communication tool to, to build up empathy in your audience. That means they see themselves in your story. And when they do, they trust you. They believe you. And most likely, they will be persuaded by you. So if you can do that in a short amount of time for social media, it's even better. Okay, and the prompt is this. I always struggled with blank until I finally figured out how to blank. And that's it, super simple. It shows the transformation of I once was here and now I am here and that's what you need to have a story. Now here's the kicker, if it feels like it's leaving something out, that's on purpose, that's intentional and that's a good thing. Because what it does is it opens a loop in the brains of your audiences and they have to close it. It spikes their dopamine levels, they will lean in, they will ask questions. Well, how did it happen? Tell me more, what'd you use? Where can I find it? That's good, that's what you want. So you use storytelling to encourage that empathy so they trust you and then you lead them along the way of how they can solve that problem for themselves. Hope this helps. You can see why I said Rain had to come on board. So Rain is a master storyteller. He is the storytelling coach. He's the guy that's gonna help with social media. He's gonna help you with video marketing. He can help you with anything that you're trying to get a message across to somebody. And so I was really excited. I reached out to him from the talk and I said, I've, I've watched so many of your videos. Would you come on and share with the War Games audience? And so he was kind enough to say yes. So I'm going to start off by saying, Rain, welcome to War Games. Thank you very much. My goodness, that was a handsome, bald man on that video, I got to say. It was. It was. <laughs> Surprises me every time. Maybe that's why I reached out. Yeah. So. <laughs> No, I appreciate it. Except I had a little, I had a little scar from a soccer match on my eye there. I can't help but but see that. You know, no one else probably noticed it. But I appreciate it, man. I'm excited to be on the show and talk to your folks. Fantastic. So one of the things that, again, for me, I was like, wow. He, in all truth, watch his videos. Okay, so it's uh, Rain Bennett underscore Story Coach on TikTok. Go there, check it out because what you'll find and you'll see it here today live is that he is very comfortable on camera and he's very much himself. And I, I, I believe I have the ability to see the essence of a person. And so when I, when I watched his videos, I was like, <laughs> hey, real deal Holyfield right here. And so he's not afraid to be him. And I know quite often we find enough faults in our own self that we choose not to be who we are. 
Totally. And so one of the things I said was, I, I need somebody on the show that's going to show you that it doesn't have to be difficult, okay, and can provide a great message to the group. And again, it's storytelling. And we all do it. We just forget to do it in a capacity that could benefit us. And that's why I said, boom, I need Rain to come on here. So again, welcome. I'm going to stop fanboying at this point and say, let's get, let's get going. Talk to me, Rain. So how did you get to the point of becoming the story coach? Uh, well, there's a journey. There's a story there, obviously. First, I want to say, I just want to touch on a few of the points that you made. We totally overcomplicate simple things all the time. That's just human nature. And so all of this is simple. And to your point, your kind words you said about me being comfortable on camera, I want everyone to know that that is not innate. I'm a shy person. You know, I was born that way. Now, I have a mother and a brother who taught me how to be more of an extrovert. But the point is that it just took practice. I had to get comfortable on camera. I wasn't born comfortable on camera. And one other point I want to make is don't try to be anybody other than yourself. You don't need to be like me. You don't need to be like Gary V. Find your lane, you know, find the way you deliver your messages and just be that person. Make it easier for yourself. Make it simple for yourself. Don't overcomplicate it thinking I have to do this, that, and the third. What, what, you know, Tim Ferriss says, what would this look like if it were easier, right? So just be yourself. All I do is I get on there and I, I riff, I rant, I just be myself. So just remember that, okay? There is no like secret superpower that I have. I just started practicing. That's it. Fantastic. And again, you don't have to be perfect. No, so no, if, it's not if about I went to the very first video, it may not be as smooth as you are. Of course on this not. Video. It's not about yeah. perfect. It's about communicating your message. And listen, one more thing before I get started storytelling has become this marketing buzzword. It is not a marketing tool. It is a communication tool. First and foremost, above all else, it's a way that we connect as humans through communication. So you can use that for marketing, but you can use it for leadership. You can use it for team building. You can use it to, to, to do anything that you would connect with another human for, right? So all it is is understanding how humans communicate. And we're going to talk about some of that today. Oh, I love that. Cause I know the brain thinks and pictures, Sounds, totally feelings totally and and we we tend to cloud it with data right all and the time now look you're now you're speaking my language joe yeah. and listen i'm not going to nerd out too much but we are going to going to touch on some neuroscience I'm okay. today i'm okay with that so the neuroscience oh we lost you buddy you hit mute or something hit mute microphone got unplugged boom Am I muted still? Nope, gotcha. Okay, good. Yes, I just spoke at a neuroscience event. Is what I started. Oh, to did say. you? Yes. Oh. So, um, but to me, it was it was so it was so strange that people say neuroscience, mm -hmm. but they don't have any science with what they're talking about. Mm. And to me, that's where I go. Wait, wait. There's something wrong with the fact that all you did was go back to like an NLP lesson. <laughs> or you went back to something other than, are we talking brain chemistry? Are we talking the ability to get someone to actually vibe with you? And yep. that's where, again, I know you know it because that's what happened when I watched your videos. Yep, yep, yep. So, all right, please share with us. All right, well, let's. I've got a presentation uh, queued up. If we can use that, uh, we'll get we'll get started. But I want anybody uh, out there listening to know that I want this to be a conversation. That's what storytelling is. There's a storyteller and a story listener. It's a two way street. So if at any point you are prompted 
uh, with a question or something has piqued your interest and you want to know more, just let me know. But otherwise, we're going to keep going. Now, Joe had asked me a little bit about myself, how I ended up here. I'm going to tell you a little story about that. Now, I'm a documentary filmmaker. That's what I've done for a living for uh, 15, 17 years. Uh, and there's not a lot of money in documentary filmmaking. <laughs> so even though I'm an artiste, uh, one thing that I share in common with folks in the sales industry is if we don't sell, sell something, we don't eat. Right. So uh, I always was insecure because I'm not that technically gifted. I'm not a great cinematographer. I'm not a great like visual artist, but I have a passion. Uh, I am a good storyteller. And so I always kind of struggle with not knowing the best camera to use and all of that. Now I had, I've done videos and documentaries for clients for years at this point. Um, and around 2012, I had this idea, I was living in New York and there was this culture, this story that I wanted to tell. And I, I had this idea that I, I wanted to, to do a documentary about, and I made a crowdfunding campaign that I asked for way too much money. I got no money, right? Because mm -hmm. I was an unknown filmmaker. It was an unknown subject. There were no celebrities attached, nobody attached to it. So I had to go out and do it on my own. I took one little camera, little crappy camera and a backpack. And I traveled around the world to document this new, uh, like urban uh, sport that was happening is like it's called freestyle calisthenics. It's kind of like parkour. This is me in Moscow, Russia, filming the world championship of it. Traveled all over the world for a couple of years. That whole time struggling with imposter syndrome because it, video was really popular in this culture. People would shoot the workouts and shoot the competitions and put them on YouTube. Everybody had the newest gadget and gadget, and they were sizing me up because I was the professional filmmaker. Like, well, you're shooting with this camera. This is how you're showing up, and you're supposed to be making a movie. So my like insecurities are just flaring. But in this, this is where I had my little epiphany where things changed for me. I was sitting there, and at that stage, there's about 30 other cameras pointing at the athlete on stage. The same thing because they're making YouTube highlight reels. I was one person turn shooting the other way that's because i was shooting the culture the people the crowd the camaraderie between the, the 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 athletes right i was telling the story and i had this epiphany at that point it's like it's not about the production value and the bells and whistles and the gadgets and gadgets if you have all that i mean that stuff is important but if you have that stuff and you don't have a a message that that relates to and connects with your audience or a good story you don't have anything if you have a good story without all that stuff, you still have something. So after years of working on this passion project, I, I, I sold it to Red Bull Media House, Red Bull TV. It was seen all around the world and we had a happy ending. But it was at that point where my philosophy was like cemented that storytelling is the way that we connect with people, especially now that we have social media. We are all content creators now, but not all of us are writers, filmmakers and artists. So the 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 next epiphany happened where i was like hmm could i take all the lessons i learned the hard way through documentary filmmaking for years and apply them to people who are now content creators but not professional writers or filmmakers absolutely so that's what we do now now if you're in sales i don't need to tell you that it's all about relationship building and i already told you that storytelling is about communication what we're trying to do is create that connection with people through stories those connections lead to relationships. That is the essence of storytelling. And it started in back here, right? When we created fire, we got to stay up a little bit longer and we started telling stories around the fire to kill the time. And we started building our communities and our connections that way. But another thing happened. This is how we started to communicate with each other because as Joe already alluded to, we don't, 
we don't listen to data. We don't digest data because starting way back when, way back in this picture, it literally burns energy. It costs us calories to process information. At that point, we didn't know when we'd eat again. So we needed to know fast if something was going to help us or hurt us immediately. And the quickest way to do that is not to say bullet point, bullet point, bullet point, bullet point, bullet point, and then they tune you out. It's to say, hey, I was just over there by the creek. Be, be, be aware there's a crocodile that's going to bite your head off. And back then they were like 40 feet long, right? You tell them a story. You understand. Or the other way, hey, I found some water about two miles that way. Be careful. It's a little rocky. But if you get there, there's a ton of water, right? We told stories. We didn't give product features. We didn't give data. We didn't give information because it costs too much energy. We are still the same people. Now we're going to get into the neuro neuroscience a little bit here, Joe. I won't stay too long, but you need to know that this is not just fluff. This is not just feel good. Tell a story and people will flock to your, you know, your event or your product or your service. There's a process, a couple processes that happen. One is, is when you're telling a great story is called uh, narrative transportation. It means that when you hear a good story, you transport and think that your your brain thinks that you're in the story. It's also a process called neural coupling. You might have heard of that, Joe, that your 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 brain mimics the same uh, areas of the brain light up as if you're the one experiencing the story. So I'll just give you a quick example. You're watching a horror film and the hero's walking down the hallway and you know behind any corner that the monster's going to jump out and they know it too. But you know you're not in that movie, right? You know you're not really in that movie, but your palms are sweating, your heart's beating fast, you're sitting up on the edge of your of your seat. Your brain is processing it as if you are in that movie. That's huge because now when you're telling a good story to somebody, you're connected not just on a heart level and a feel-good level, but on a neurological level, right? Your brains are connected. That is hugely important, and that's something we should leverage. Now, the next little bit of neuroscience. There are neurochemicals... What's that, Joe? I said, ooh, ooh, look. I hope everybody else loves it as much as you do, buddy. Yes. Uh, all right, real quick. There are neurochemicals that are in our brains that are elevated when you tell a good story. And I'm going to tell you what they are and why they're important right now. One, cortisol. Cortisol is released when there is tension, right? When that, that hero is going down the hallway and the monster is about to jump out, but we don't know when. Your cortisol levels are spiking. Why that is important is because it makes you pay attention and it makes you remember, right? So when you have a little bit of drama, a little bit of tension, people are leaning in. They want to know what happens next. That leads me to dopamine. We should all be familiar with this one, right? The feel-good hormone, right? Dope. So dopamine is released when we sequence stories in the right way where you can't you, you're dying to know what happens next. You open a loop and close a loop. I think I said that in uh, in one of the videos. When you open a loop, our brain has to close it. We have to answer that question that has been sparked in our brains, right? Now their dopamines there are is elevated. They're going to be waiting for the next bit, right? And you're just like a trail of breadcrumbs. You're just leaving them morsel after morsel, leading them to where you want them to go, right? We know where that is. Finally, this is the kicker, oxytocin. Most of us know oxytocin to be like uh, when a mother is breastfeeding or when you hug someone, you know, it's the love hormone. But Dr. Paul Zak, who is one of the godfathers of neuroeconomics and a mentor of mine, found out that it is also the trust hormone. Now, we talk about empathy a lot. Empathy, again, is not some feel good like, oh, just empathize with people. Let them know. No, when we feel seen and heard and understood, it drops our you know, our, our barriers, our walls, our shields that we have up, 
and we believe people. We trust them, right? We trust that what they're telling us is the truth, right? It's easy to be influenced and persuaded by them because we're like, hey, this is a safe space. When oxytocin is released, and that happens when they relate to the character in the story, the struggle that they're going through, our oxytocin levels are through the roof, and they empathize with that character, right? They want them to win. They trust them. They believe, believe them. That is huge. Now, this does not mean that we don't, share information we have to get information across right mm -hmm. it just means that people are influenced and inspired to take action through emotion so all we do is take that information and package it up in this pretty little package with the see the little red bow it's right around holiday time now called a story and we deliver it to them that way that's all we're saying it's not one or the other right it's packaging the information because when you give it to, there's a reason our phone numbers are seven numbers because we can't remember much more than that, right? We don't want to, to remember that much stuff. So you give it to them in a little nugget, a little narrative that's packaged. And when you do that, they can, they can pass it to someone else. That's number three in this line. They work, stories work because they're relatable. The empathy and oxytocin is, is uh, elevated. We remember them because they're one unit. They're one story. They're not a list of data. We can't remember lists like we can one thing. And even if they get most of the story right, it's still effective, like the next person who tells the next person. So it's repeatable. That is probably the most effective part of it because that's how things are shared and spread. It's not easy for us to share and spread lists, right? So right. that's how we go from communities like this, Joe, where there's six or seven people around a fire to communities like that. And we can that looks like a social media diagram. Oh, my gosh. you It's like you read my mind, Joe. What is that about? So now, Joe, we've got this timeless tool that's been God gifted to us, right, of communication, of telling stories since the beginning of human language. Right. And then we have this new tool. The newest tools that we have available to us that technology has given us. What do you think happens when we marry those two? Right now we're really powerful. Now we can really communicate. Now we can really make an impact and make connections. Right. That's what we're trying to do. Now, last thing on the neuroscience, Dr. Paul Zach, uh, eventually his team got funding by DARPA and they started proving that when oxytocin levels were elevated in their audience, that they were m more likely to donate or to exchange money with a stranger or a charity, right? You can look this up. We're not going to spend so much time talking about this, but look it up. And they would, they would test the, the, the blood, the brain waves, the skin conductance, the heart rate of these people, and they could predict with over 80% accuracy who would donate and how much of their earnings they would donate. They'd give them like 20 bucks, and then they'd give them the opportunity to donate. And they could predict it. That says that we are altering their brain chemistry and, and, and influencing their decisions when you tell stories this way. Look this guy up in the way. He's just got a new book that came out called Immersion. Amazing, amazing content there. Um, so, again, when we have this empathy and we make people feel seen and heard and understood, it's not a fluffy feel-good type of thing. It's so they will take action. And the science proves that. If you get them drunk on this storytelling cocktail of these neurochemicals, cortisol, dopamine, and oxytocin, and then give them, listen, if you just do that and they're feeling euphoric and drunk on this cocktail and you just let them go, 
nothing's going to happen. If you're doing, I, I compete in storytelling competitions sometimes. If you're telling a story just for entertainment, that's fine, Joe. But yeah. if you're telling it for sales, for marketing, for your business, you need to have a call to action. You have to. And science shows that if you get them drunk, as I say on this storytelling cocktail, they will take that action. They will take it because they're moved emotionally. And they want something to do with all that. And if it's like, hey, sign, sign this petition, download this PDF, donate to this cause, they will, they will do it. They will do it. People are moved to do that. So this trust that stories initially created gave us the pathway for trade. When I'm back there in the caveman days and I realize like, hey, this person is a friend, not a foe. Now there's opportunity for me to say like, hey, man, I got a bunch of salmon that we just swiped out of the stream up there. Uh, I see you got some bear skins. We're kind of cold. You want to do a little trade? That's how it happened. It might sound silly, but this is how human connection and human trade started. That's what we're trying to do. Now, I tested this theory, and unfortunately, in the PDF version of this, we can't show this video, uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just give it to you really quickly. It's in 60 seconds. So uh, I'm currently making a film about the lost colony of Roanoke Island. I'm from North Carolina. You don't really need to know what that is, but some of your, your history buffs might remember that. And uh, we were in the middle of a crowdfunding campaign. Again, as a documentary filmmaker, you're constantly trying to find funds. Um, so we went down to Cape Hatteras, North Carolina, and, and we had to get one particular drone shot and it was a torrential downpour. Um, and we couldn't get anything. We, we like we, all weekend, it was like, you know, hurricane type, type, uh, storms. And then finally, uh, on Sunday afternoon, before we left, the sun peaked out a little bit. And so my partner and I, David said like, Hey, you know, it's about an hour and a half drive down to where we have to go. Do you want to try to go get this? And we're like, this is the only opportunity we got to do it. So we're driving slow traffic. It's a two lane road for like 90 miles. We get down there. I launch the drone. It gets about 10 or 15 feet in the air. And I hear like the rotors malfunction comes crashing down. So in the video that I made, I immediately went home and I just told that story just like I did here just straight to camera to our Facebook followers on live. And I told the story and I showed them the broken drone. And I said, so listen, we need your help now more than ever. These are the perils of filmmaking stuff happens, you know, and now just as we were $500 from our goal, we're getting set back another $500 so we could really use your help. If you wanted to donate, like now is the time, uh, but either way we will prevail. We feel very confident with this story. Yada, yada, yada. Well, what do you think happened, Joe? Either they, they probably sent you money for a drone. They came, they the donations came flooding in within the hour and put us way over the goal. Uh, and we were already backed up. Right. And this is a small, small example, but it, it took nothing. Right. There was no production value. I just sat down and told the story. What it did was motivate the people who were wanting to donate, but hadn't donated yet, as well as people who weren't even aware of it. Cause they were just like, man, I am not a filmmaker, but I've certainly had a goal before that some uncontrolled variable just came across and, and, and wiped it out from under my, my, my feet. So people empathize with us. They related to us and they gave us their money because of that. Storytelling works. Now, we talked about it. Cool rain, got it. Storytelling works. Neuroscience backs it up. Dr. Paul Zach, yada, 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 yada. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. What makes a good story? Again, Joe, we could stay here forever. I like to keep things simple. <laughs> There's a lot of different templates and formulas and theories. Uh, you know, the hero's journey is, I don't know, 17 steps. Um, you know, there's a lot of different uh, 
theories and formulas out there that we can follow. I like to keep it very simple with Aristotle. I think you're going here. I got a text message that says, how do you know what story to tell? Oh, lovely, lovely. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go there for sure. We have a, I have a three-step formula. Whoever asked that, that literally is going to explain that for you in a business setting, okay? So I keep it simple like Aristotle did, right? Classic. Three X, beginning, middle, and end. Boom, boom, boom. Now, this looks a little complex. We're going to go through it, but I'm a, I have the simple version coming right behind it. All a story is, is there is a normal world. There is a character going, you know, things are okay. They're not that bad. They're not that terrible. They're not that great. You know, there's a balance. And something comes along at the end of Act 1, the inciting incident, that disrupts the balance to that story. A problem comes along, right? This is usually an external thing. A storm comes up, right? I lose my job. My girlfriend uh, cheats on me. Any of these things is an inciting incident that then leads the character on a journey to solve that problem, right? And then we reach the climax, the highest point of tension where it looks like the character's not going to solve it and they're not going to win. And then, of course, they do, right? So everything is an opportunity for a story if it has this little arc, a beginning, middle, and end. I'm sitting here. I could do one about breakfast. I'm making this up. I woke up this morning and, you know, I was so excited to make a BLT and I went to the, to the crisper and we had no bake. Right. So now I've got a journey to solve that problem. This isn't, you know, that hurt. That hurt. Right? It did hurt. Right. Because I had to, I had all I had to end up with oatmeal, you know? So yeah. So it, that's, that's it. There's a person, a character, and there's a problem that they have to solve and they reach the highest point of tension and they resolve that. So here is a very simple way uh, to look at it. Uh, this is the story spine. This was created by Ken Adams, who's an improv instructor uh, in, in California, actually, but in the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. um, and this is actually the formula that it was someone who took his workshops, took this to Pixar. And this is what a lot of the Pixar uh, stories, which they're some of the best storytellers on the planet, the structure behind it. So you did a video about this. Yeah, absolutely. People love this one because like, why do I know this story? Yeah, yeah. the story spine. It's it's huge, right? And so. Ken Adams did this because they would do 60 minute improvised plays. They made up the whole thing. So they would have to know the, the skeleton of a story so they could come back to it. When they would veer off into some improv scene, they, it had to be tied together to a whole collective arc. So this is the structure they had. it. So it's simply once upon a time, there was blank. That's your character. And every day, this is the normal world, right? This happened. Until one day, this is the inciting incident. Dun, dun, dun. This happened. Because of that, because of that, because of that, until finally the climax. And then every day after that, boom. Want me to give you an example, Joe? Please. All right. I love Rocky. I grew up with Rocky films and my dad. It's a pretty classic story. Let's take the one from 76. Once upon a time, there was, you know, an amateur boxer named Rocky Balboa in Philadelphia, PA. And every day he fought, you know, other low rent bums like Spider Rico for $50 a day and lived in his crappy apartment. Until one day he gets a call from the heavyweight champion of the world, Apollo Creed, inviting him for a title shot. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you, Joe. So what did he have to do? Because he got that call. What change did he have to make right there? He had to change his identity and he had to get uncomfortable. So he had to start training, but yeah, but, but, and so what did he do? Because he, he was by himself, but to fight the, to fight the, 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 had to get a coach, right. He had to get Mickey. Right. And so because of that, he started training in uncomfortable ways that he had never done before. And because of that, he got in the best shape of his life until finally, you know, he, he, faced, he faced Apollo Creed and he didn't win the title, but he went the distance, which no other boxer had done. And every day after that, 
he was considered a top contender in professional boxing, right? That's the change. And ultimately, it's about him believing in himself, right? He always thought he could be better than he was, right? But he had to go through this transformation, this journey to prove it. And you can use this formula to, to reverse engineer any classically structured story like that. Okay. I want people to practice. I know we don't have the time now, but think about this. Watch a movie tonight and think about breaking it down in that eight step spine. Right. So it's like act one is the first two steps. Act uh, two and three are or act two rather are until one day and till that third because of that. And then act three is the until finally and every day after that. It's, it's simple as that. Okay. Now let's make it even simpler, Joe. Okay. Because we're doing this in social media. I don't expect. I will. I'm going to tell you, Raina, sorry to interrupt. I literally went through the whole whole spectrum during the explanation of the Rocky story. What do you mean? I, I literally felt everything. The cortisol. Yes. The, right. the dopamine. I'm sitting here going, yeah. And I'm like, I already know this story. Because, this, okay, so this is, this is a good point to make. All stories can be expanded or contracted. Right. And so what you need to be able to do is understand how to tell that story in just the, in, if I gave you three sentences, how do you tell me the story of Rocky? A lot of times when I do this in workshops, I'll use whatever movie they like and they'll get started and they've gone through the whole spine, but they haven't even reached the end of the first act. So people are like, oh, wow, it is hard for me to see this. But once you get it, then you're like, you understand. Because listen, if you don't have 90 minutes, like the length of a feature length movie, then you can't do that. If you have 60 seconds, like a TikTok video, how can you get the essential elements of a story across? Because we need all of them to move people. You still need them. How do you do that? You, you contract it, right? You go down to the bare bones. It's just like a house. You can take, I'm looking at curtains right here. I could remove the curtains. The point is the window, right? And, at the, and beyond that is the wall. Like we can always reduce it to the, the, the lowest common denominator, right? Or the, the frame, if you will. So let's reduce it even further because we aren't, I'm not asking you to be Shakespeare. I'm not asking you to be Martin Scorsese, right? I'm asking you to understand how to tell stories, to move your people to action. So problem journey to solve the problem resolution of the problem. That's it. That's it. Right. That's it. Everything you do is the opportunity for a story. A story is just a sequence of events. Thank you. I love that. We should all watch Rocky tonight. I agree. I agree. A story is just a sequence of events. However, it must be a sequence of events that has created some transformation, some change, no matter how small. So we are living the opportunities for stories all day long. This, this show is a story. Is it a story worth telling to someone after we're done tonight to influence them? Maybe, maybe not. We don't know. Time will tell. But it is a story. There's a sequence of events. But only if I am changed or Joe's changed or one of the people listening are changed, that might be a story, right? So problem, journey, resolution. Now, each story always has the surface level of the story, which is the plot, the sequence of events, Rocky being the boxer fighting the title fight with Apollo Creed. But all stories have an emotional journey, which is Rocky believing in himself. That's why Rocky didn't have to win to actually win, right? Yeah. That transformation still happened. This is the same thing with your short form social media stories. Now, if you people are sales folks, you probably know have heard of Ted Levitt. He wrote a piece in the uh, Harvard Business Review, I think, called Marketing Myopia back in the 60s. Uh, if you're my age, you might not remember it. Um, 
But he said people don't want to buy a quarter-inch drill. They want a quarter-inch hole, right? They want the thing that the drill creates, right? Now, current-day marketing guru Seth Godin took that a few, few steps further and said, well, nobody wants a quarter-inch hole. What in the world do you want with a quarter-inch hole? What you want is maybe a place to put an expansion bolt, right? Because you want to hang a shelf. Okay, cool. They want a shelf. Well, let's peel that layer back a little bit more. You don't just want a shelf for no reason. What do you want a shelf for? Well, maybe they want a place to put their books. Okay, cool. Well, the books are right here sitting on the floor, so they're in a place right now. So maybe they just don't need a place to put the books. Maybe they want to tidy up their office. Right. So, okay. Well, why do they want to tidy up their office? Well, maybe because it doubles as, you know, the guest room and their wife keeps fussing at them that the guests come over and there's books all over the floor. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. This is not a true story, by the way. Uh, now I'm we're getting... Yes. What's that? I'm avoiding the pain. <laughs> yeah, of, exactly. Of gaining trouble. Yeah. So you got to think about the heart of the story of your people. What does your customer really want? Okay, it's not about, hey, I need a smartphone. It's about what the smartphone does for me. For me, the most valuable thing is the camera. I use it every day and the space. I get the biggest amount of space on there because I have tens of thousands of photos and thousands of videos shot in 4K. I need it, right? I don't care about anything else that it does, to be quite honest, right? What do they really want? Connect with them, make them feel seen, heard, and understood, and then sell them, right? All right, here is the question for how do we know what story to tell? is my favorite formula right because people always ask this question do not feel bad this is probably the one of the most common questions i get all we do baby is reverse engineer it right we start from the end goal what do you want them to do do you want them to buy do you want them to donate do you want them to download the pdf what do you want them to do what action do you want your audience to take okay we know now that people are inspired to act to take action when they have felt a certain emotion Correct. So what emotion do they need to feel to be inspired to take that action? And then you reverse engineer one more step. What story, what is the story or a story that will evoke that emotion? And that's how you figure it out. And yes, you can use this formula every single day. All right, I'm making an Instagram post, post today. Uh, I just want to promote my upcoming webinar. Okay, cool. Well, do you? what do you want them to do? Do you want them just to learn more? Do you want them to sign up because it's the last day? What do you want them to do? If you want them to sign up, it's the last day, then you know they might need to feel a little bit of FOMO, right? Or or or, or uh, what's the opportunity, right? Or the window closing, right? I was going to say scarcity, but what's that one? When the, the, the time is running out, urgency, right? Mm -hmm. Then they might need to feel, you know, that, that either FOMO or urgency. So, okay, what's a story that I can tell them that would make them feel like that, right? And that's it. And that's how you can figure out every time you want to tell a story. Because listen, like anything in business, if it doesn't have a clear objective, you're doing it wrong. There's got to be a reason, you know, and that reason can be brand awareness. But, hey, we're in it to make sales, right? Just like documentary filmmakers, just like salespeople. If you don't sell, you don't eat, right? Absolutely. Um, now, I would be remiss because I wrote a book called Six Second Stories. It's all about short form storytelling. If I didn't touch on that and we still think we have a little bit of time, Joe, if that's okay. Um, I have and, a question for you that came in. So shoot. for some reason, people are texting. So I assume it's everybody on YouTube that comes in. One of them was, is this why testimonials help you to sell more than your actual presentation? Yes, because people are trusting that other person that they're being authentic. However, there's a massive opportunity with testimonials because often they don't tell a story. They just say, ABC company helped me. But what they should say is, I was really struggling with this. 
And I tried this, tried that, and it didn't work. And then I found ABC Company, and it totally made everything simple. And then I was able to achieve blank, right? Just a little, little bit that of that. Right there is that is critical at this point. Yeah. What if you asked your client for the testimonial? Yes, and, and give them the questions. The framework. Send them yes. the framework. Dude, we don't do it. We just say, "Hey, can you record a video?" And then they're going to do whatever they want to. Send them the framework. Okay. Um, I'll leave. Uh, first of all, I have a gift before we go, but I also want to touch on very short form. And we've got a few minutes, I think, Joe. Yes, absolutely. Now, I don't have to even guess to know that lots of people have heard this thing about, oh, our attention spans are, uh, you know, shorter than that of a goldfish. Now, even on Ted Lasso, they say it. It's actually a myth. It's not true. The data was misread. It's not that we have shorter attention spans. It's that we have more competition for that attention. So just like we didn't care way back then in the caveman days, if, you know, all this information and data, we only cared if something was going to help us or hurt us or bring us pain or pleasure. It's the same thing. We're still the same people. We still have that amygdala right in our brainstem. Right. So if we don't see value in something immediately, we're going to scroll right past. It's not that we don't have attention spans because we'll still watch a 10 hour Netflix limited series, binging it. We'll still listen to three hour podcast. It's not that it's that. If we don't have value immediately, we're moving on to the next one. So to reduce it down even further than the problem, journey, and resolution, there are two moments of change in that arc that I initially showed you. The inciting incident, which I mentioned, and the climax. The inciting incident is a problem that ha that that happens uh, to the character, right? This is a change that happens to them. And the climax is a change that happens within them that solves the problem that happened to them. So this is literally before and after. I once was lost and now I'm found, right? That's a story. So you can look at it as these two pillars that hold up your story. Here I was dealing with this. And once I figured out this, I was able to achieve it. That's it. When you're telling it very short in six seconds or 30 seconds, you have to reduce it down to the bare minimums. And another way to help do that is understanding that it's not about epic tales. People can't relate to everybody can't relate to climbing the seven summits of the world. Right. What they right. can relate to is like I struggled to really like build an audience in social media. But, you know, I started telling stories and all of a sudden I started seeing incremental growth. Right. Or something small that happened today with my child. And now I'm understanding how to be a par better parent. You know, little just re real stories. They're looking for reality, things they can relate to. You don't have to tell this huge hyperbolic fabricated story about how successful your business is. Be real. Just be authentic with them. You know, but understand that you are telling a story that has an action attached to the end of it. And the last Does the story have to be yours. Absolutely not. The best stories that you have are your success stories of your clients. Okay. Absolutely not. And to be honest, you can make up a story. I'm not saying lie, but we don't care if all we want to do is be moved emotionally. That's what, Rocky's not a real story, right? So you don't have, because sometimes I deal with people who are in a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, delicate, sensitive uh, businesses, hospitals, right? Uh, 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 you know, therapy, things like that, where, you know, you can't be putting out real people's information. So then, you know, you can change the story a little bit as long as the essence of it is true and the point is made. 
right? As long as the point is made, then then it's fine. Nobody's, it's not about that. Unless you're out there claiming like this 100% happens, right? Storytelling, you know, who was it? It might have been Mark Twain that said, don't let the details get in the way of a good story, right? We're trying to move people emotionally. So finally, even though I said lots of things about not doing lists, I just have a few little bullet points about little things that you can do to tell stories quickly. We talked about how to do it. Start with the problem, okay? What is what is the problem they're facing? Go right to it. Go ahead and lose that intro. You don't need to introduce yourself every time. You don't need to say like, hey, blah, blah, blah. Just get to it. Get to the point. Cut out the fat. Don't be redundant. Show, don't tell is the number one rule in screenwriting, right? You can't tell them. You have to show them, right? Give them an example. Show them how it works. Don't say this is the best thing you've ever seen. Tell them a story that shows why it's the best thing they've ever seen, Okay. You can play to their senses. These are engaging different parts of their brain. That's been known to help people remember things. If you make them think of a touch or smell or sound that they can remember, keep it simple. One story, one message, and have a clear call to action. That is my piece. I'm here for um, questions. And my deal for you, right in time for the holidays, as it were, is a buy one, get one free deal. Now, here's the deal. I just came out with this book. A lot of people have been responding to this because I will sign one personally for you. And I will send you a free one for you to give away to someone else that you think would benefit from it as a holiday gift, as a thank you, as a whatever. There are people out there that would benefit from this other than who's in our room today. So if you want to give them a gift and, you know, I help make you look like such a, you know, kind and generous person, then this is a good deal for you. Otherwise, I want to say that this is where you can reach me, rainbennett.com. Shout out to my mom who gave me a name that not too many people in the world have. You can find me. I'm very Googleable. Uh, if you need to reach out, uh, we, you know, TikTok, my website, Instagram, I'm available and I love to talk about this stuff. So please, uh, don't be a stranger if you have any questions. And with that said, I'm happy to take any that you have now, Joe. Perfect. So I had, so you answered the last one with me interrupting cause that's how I roll. Um, <laughs> with that, uh, what the next question I have that's, that's popped up is says, um, so if I give them a story then it becomes easier for them to refer me. True or false? Yeah. So my, thought is, my thought is they'll remember the story. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I had to kind of like figure out what the question really was. But yes, if you get if you give them a story, but I, I would say more than that, you want to give them a great experience so that they want to tell the story. I mean, you don't you want to give your customer, you know, they're living through a story, their journey through you is a story. So if you do a good enough job, they'll, they'll tell that story. Um, but yeah, in theory, you, you, if you package it in a story like that, it is a hundred percent more memorable and repeatable for people. Because again, just like we showed with the Rocky example, even if you don't remember the whole 90 minute version, as long as you remember those eight steps of it, you can still evoke that type of emotion if you don't have a lot of time. So yes, but let me know if I'm not getting your question quite right. Uh, no, no I, I know who it is that's asking it, but so I, I, what I believe the answer is, is that if you help somebody, like, mm -hmm. so if I'm, if I present to somebody in a sales arena, if mm -hmm. I'm using the story to move them, mm -hmm. right. And then the next time somebody asks them about what you do, right. You would come to mind and they would be able to regurgitate the story. Yes. 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 Right? Absolutely. Of going, oh, he can reduce 
the, yeah, 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 totally. A hundred percent because it's emotions. That's what we remember. Right. And so I see this example in my career all the time in speaking engagements. Right. That's where it ha I see it more than, than anything actually in video production as well. But especially in speaking engagements, I, I see that. So a hundred, a hundred percent because it all comes back to making them feel something. If you make them feel something, oh, they'll do all the, all the hard work for you. I mean, absolutely. If you move them emotionally, they, they will be your disciple. Right. And so going back with neuroscience, the way you were, you were throwing it out, which is extremely easy to understand, and I love that. Sweet. Um, the, the brain itself has an impact on the nervous system. That's what you're trying to get to, yeah. Because if you everybody's trying to stay stay so cerebral with let's talk money, let's talk facts, let's talk figures, where all of a sudden you go, this, this is so missing the point. You are so missing the point. Well, and you know what's funny is like often you have either a person who's all about the numbers or like an engineer who's all about like rational logical thought. And people think that it's mutually exclusive with with emotions. And it's not like someone who is all about the bottom line is still moved emotionally. You just play to that emotion. You show them that they're going to save money. right? I mean, you, it all comes back to like a few things that we care about. These there's only a handful of primitive psychological drivers that we care about. Just like in stories, there's only a handful of plots. Right. The surface level events change. But the core, it's either like a rags to riches story or a buddy story or a love story or, you know, th there's only a handful of these universal themes, love, aspiration, uh, you know, uh, success. You know, th there's only a handful of them. So tap into those emotions always. I agree. And, and I'm going to throw something else in there is in the sales arena, mm -hmm. don't don't go out and make your previous client that you're referring to have the same exact problem as the one you're seeing in front of, it comes off as disingenuous when you go, oh, so-and-so had the same problem with all of this stuff, right? That, that matches all of their pain points. It becomes too obvious. Tackle one, tell the story about one of them and yeah. then get them to be the excited. Th the thing is, this goes right back to what I was just saying. You have the surface level and then you have the heart, like the emotion of the story. Like, they don't have to experience the same events or the same experiences as the person. They need to have felt the same emotions, right? So that's the connective tissue. They could be in totally different fields or have totally different problems on the surface level. But if they both are feeling frustration because they can't break through that wall, that's the common thread. So all you need to show is that what you have will help them break through that wall or help them do whatever, you know, they're struggling with. But that's the point. It's all, it always comes back to what they're emotionally going through. That's a good point you brought up. All right. So um, last question, because we need to get going. But this one, this one sounds good. Is there a particular emotion that causes more action than another? That's a great question. I think the I mean, FOMO, the fear of missing out is a powerful one. I think people are wired um, and more risk averse or loss averse. Right. Like so I think if the opportunity lost uh, makes people move a little bit more. In my in my personal experience, and I think there's a little bit of data to show that, but I don't want to speak out of turn on that. But I know that if people think that an opportunity is getting away from them or that they will lose something, they're 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 more likely to act than a slight gain. So that's a way you can think about it, and that's why, like, you know, a lot a lot of the people that talk about this sort of thing say, you know, always include like, um, you know, how to do this without losing, you know, blank, 
or something like that, just to kind of, you know, give people that extra thing. So I, I think that really motivate motivates people more. They want to have hope, though. I do a lot of documentaries for cancer patients. And if people feel like all hope is lost, it does not motivate them. So you want to show them that glimmer of hope, even if you're talking about struggles or trauma or anything that's heavy, you want to leave them feeling like, you know, there's a chance they can make a change. Definitely. Fantastic. I love it. So I'm going to recap a couple of things, right? So what I've got, what I've got from this, I'm going to throw out my stuff and then you can correct it if I, if I went too off, but the story is the solution, right? The story is the solution that everyone's been looking for. In the world of sales, how do I get a sale? How do I get someone to buy from me? How do I get somebody to refer from me, or refer me to somebody? It's the story. Yeah. The story solves all of the stuff that's there. Um, I love the narrative transportation. Yes. Because the individual is experiencing it as you say it, but they yep. experience it themselves in your story. Yep. Okay. And that goes into it. And then again, getting back to being relatable, memorable, and repeatable. I think if you're missing that one, because why stories, connection, relationships, the whole goal is what get somebody to remember you, then you have a much better chance of, of getting that deal mm -hmm. of getting that relationship that you can do. Absolutely. Right? And, and the biggest thing I can leave people with too, is again, don't overthink it. I don't need you to, you know, to be Sylvester Stallone writing this, you know, Oscar winning film in the seventies. Like, be yourself and also just understand problem journey to solve that problem and a resolution of that problem. That is enough. That is the story arc. Yeah. And again, because you made it so simple, it is repeatable and duplicatable, right? And totally. memorable. So you don't have to develop Harry Potter or Star Wars. Yeah. 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 I was going to say Lord of the Rings. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It, it's not, it's not the, I need 27 of these TikTok videos at 10 no. minutes a piece to no. get through all of this stuff. No, I think that's fantastic. And Thanks, so and I know the replays and shares are going to go insane uh, on this one because it's, it's there. I'm also going to put it on to the sales genius podcast. So we'll get to that point as well. Sounds so, good. Yeah. No, well, I'll leave that promo code open uh, for anybody that's interested in that. You do have to put two of the books in your cart for the, for the thing to work. Uh, but I'll leave that open ended. So if anybody sees this a year from now, they're still going to be offered the same thing. Wow, that's very generous. Of you. Thank you absolutely. very much. Rain. Absolutely. I appreciate, appreciate you letting me be here, man. This was fun. Absolutely. No, I'm excited to start writing some stories for video. Go for it, man. So you'll just see me start tagging you. Do it. I'm, yeah. So, I'm open to tags. There you go. So please reach out to him on all social media. If you got something from it, please reach out. I would say you owe it to yourself to get a six sec six second story book. And the fact that he's giving you one to give away because every one of you has somebody sitting next to you that you want to see win. Okay. Might not that necessarily be your family member, but okay. It's going to be somebody else that uh, is in the same world as you. So I would say, go ahead and pick up a couple books and uh, be the generous one. That has invested. That's a, way, that's a way to create relationships and connections, right? Give a Absolutely. gift. Absolutely. Go we'll find your customer and hand them, a, hand them a book that will benefit them or exactly. they can hand it to somebody else and be a hero too. But that's fantastic. So thank you very much, Rain. I appreciate you. Yeah, brother. As always, if you're watching the replay, thanks so much for being here. And right now is the time for you to go out and sell something. Thanks, Indeed. everybody.